but you have to learn new ways of coping, right, with stress and, and new ways of socializing. And, you know, it, your relationships may change. I realized that a lot of people that I thought were my friends were drinking buddies and nothing more. And you just sort of have to accept that and move on because you don't want anything to get in the way of your sobriety. I mean, once you've committed to this lifestyle, you don't want to let anybody stand in your way. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am pleased to be joined today by sober coach Jennifer Salzman. How you doing, Jennifer? Hi there. I'm great. How are you today? Really good. I am so glad that you're on the show today. Listen, it is uh, that whole sober January thing going on right now. So I wanted to have you on the show to talk about sober January, kind of exploring that whole sober curious movement. What's it about? So I'm going to send it over to you, Jennifer. What is sober curious all about? What's this dry January all about? And why should people look into this? Yeah, well... I think dry January is great for anyone to just sort of take a reset, you know, detox. People are, they have their New Year's resolutions. And so um, taking a break from alcohol is always a good idea, regardless of your relationship with alcohol. But I think that the trend has really, um, you know, gotten more popular because you don't have to be an alcoholic to decide that you don't want to drink, or at least you want to question you're drinking. I mean, alcohol is not good for you. I don't care who you are. It's not good for you. And there's been more and more research that proves that no amount of alcohol is really safe. So I think people are just becoming a lot more health conscious. And one of the things that can really improve your health and your, your mental health, your physical health is removing alcohol from your life. So, you know what, I think that's such a, I, I, th I think that's such a wise perspective, because I think we were talking early about how entwined alcohol is to our society. Like I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day. I said, you can't really see a sports event without getting barraged by signage, alcohol ads, all that other stuff. It's very, it's very entwined in our society. And I think the interesting thing about the sober curious movement is that people that maybe have not had, um, a really severe reaction to alcohol as far as lifestyle, meaning they didn't get a DUI, they weren't arrested, they they they're they're not necessarily binge drinking, but they're maybe drinking heavily, right? They're they're drinking a lot. Them just finding out that it's mm -hmm. just not that great for them. What's some of the things that you do to determine whether alcohol right. works for you or not? Because I know that that's your story, right? You just came to a place where you found that alcohol just didn't work for you. Yeah, well, I realized, I mean, I knew that I had a problem with alcohol for years. I never really admitted it, you know, to anyone other than myself. Um, but when I started thinking about it, like all of the problems that I had in my life, there was one common denominator and it was alcohol. 
And so I remember, you know, I experienced, I guess, what one would call spontaneous sobriety. I just, after thinking about it and contemplating it for so many years, I just woke up one day and I said, you know what, I'm going to actually do something about this. And I, ne I never said I'm not drinking ever again. I just said, I need a break. And that break turned into, you know, now I'm almost, you know, three years into it. So I realized that as time went on, I just felt better and better about myself. I felt physically better. I felt mentally better. I felt sharper. I felt, I mean, everything in my life improved. And so I said, why would I want to go back to drinking? I mean, there was no reason. You know, I guess the socialization, there's always this social pressure. You know, why aren't you drinking? And after a few years into it, now I'm just comfortable saying, because I don't like it. I don't drink anymore. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's so great as, you know, as somebody, Jennifer, who, you know, I define myself as an alcoholic, I am an alcoholic and, you know, and, and it, alcohol really didn't work for me. Right. It worked for me great at the very beginning. It did not work for me at the end, uh, very well at all, but I couldn't stop drinking. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that I, I have met personally mm -hmm. that just socially that they were maybe heavy drinkers or problem drinkers or they, you know, alcohol was starting to have a was starting to have a negative ramification on their life, right? But they're not necessarily alcoholics, mm -hmm. um, but they're jumping off that train before something goes bad. Because I think one of the things that I've seen is, uh, you know, people who don't handle alcohol well, and it doesn't deal with them, sometimes end up heavy drinkers and then sometimes end up alcoholic, right? So this ability to be able to jump off the train before it crashes I think is a great thing personally as somebody who's in recovery, because I think it's great, especially for young people. And we've seen this, you know, um, I have a teenager and, you know, and she tells me all the time, Jennifer, it's like, you know, there's a active growing conversation about drinking and drugs and that stuff of just really not wanting to do it because they just don't like the lifestyle of it. They don't like the taste of it. They don't like what happens to them. And frankly, they don't need it. Right. Um, and you're a perfect example. You went on right. and enjoyed your life without alcohol and your life became better, I assume, right? It became so much better. And the fear that I had for so many years of, of not drinking or just, you know, like I said, acknowledging that it might be a problem. That's what kept me stuck because you don't, like I said, you don't have to be an alcoholic to choose not to drink. But we're so conditioned to think that alcohol is like this magic elixir for every occasion. And it's necessary for us to have a full life, um, to have alcohol be a part of it. But I think, you know, young people in general are, they're just so much more savvy about the world than we were, I, I think. Because, you know, like mental health used to be such a taboo, like acknowledging that you had any sort of mental illness. And I think alcohol goes right along with that. It's like, why do we have to drink? What, why? Just because we've been told via society, via marketing that like we must have it. I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I think a lot of young people are, like I said, more savvy when it comes to like the messages that we're receiving. So, you know, they don't feel that same pressure that we did. Everybody drank when I was in high school. I started drinking when I was 16 years old, you know? Yeah. You know, and I think just looking back on my own story, I got sober fairly young. Uh, you know, it was my twenties. Now it's not as young back then in the nineties, Jennifer, I will tell you not to date myself a little bit, but it was, that was young. 
right? M most people had been beat up uh, really good before they actually came in to kind of get out of that cycle, right? Uh, of, of, of addiction. W mm -hmm. Like we were saying right before, uh, I, I love this idea of being able to question, does it work for me or does it not? And to take out that stigma of it. Um, I, I am pleased to say like, you know, my whole business career, I never recovered out loud. This is a, a new thing for me in the last three years. You know, people knew I didn't drink, but I didn't tell people that mm -hmm. I, you know, in my case was an alcoholic and that alcohol didn't work for me. I just say alcohol didn't work for me. How, how, how do mm -hmm. you think the stigma of the word alcoholic or, you know, um, alcohol use disorder or something hurts people that might be on the bubble of that, right? Maybe they're not that, but they're kind of, they're kind of on the bubble. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for them. Uh, they're not really drink once a month, let's say they drink, you know, maybe every day or every other day, it's really not working. Mm -hmm. It's hurting their life performance, right? How do you think the stigma kind of stops people mm -hmm. from being able to, you know, try a sober free lifestyle, a sober curious uh, lifestyle? Yeah, well, I can speak for myself. I just always found it to be very disempowering, like to say that I'm powerless over a substance. I just I knew I had a problem with it. I knew that, you know, I was addicted to an addictive substance, but I, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that it controlled me and that I had no control over my impulses. And that's what sort of, you know, when the switch flipped in my brain and said, I do have control over what I choose to put in my body going to be hard. I'm going to crave it because I drank for 30 years. I mean, anybody who drinks habitually over a long period of time is going to become addicted to an addictive substance like I did. But I decided that, you know, I was going to take control and I wasn't going to label myself or let somebody else tell me that I was powerless over the substance. And so it's just a different way of looking at it. Yes, you know, I was addicted. Yes, I was having trouble controlling it. But I also knew that I was capable of reframing my beliefs about what alcohol is actually doing for me. And was it really necessary in my life? And so yeah, that's and, and how I, I, you know, address my issue. I, I love that, Jennifer. And, you know, and I think that a lot of people are at odds at this issue with people like myself who are alcoholics and people who are just decided that alcohol doesn't work for them and they don't define themselves as an alcoholic. Um, you know, after thinking about this topic for a little bit, you know, in depth at first I was like, it's a, it's not a good thing that they don't identify as an alcoholic because when you're an alcoholic, if you can't do that, sometimes bad things happen. Right. Um, just through the empirical data of that, but not mm -hmm. everybody is the same. You know, that's what I've, that's one thing I found out through recovered life. Not everybody is the same. And there are people who are addicted to a substance right? They, they're physically addicted to it, but once they get off of it, their lives go on, right? And they just choose not to do it anymore. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my case. I, I I'm somebody, I, I believe that is a true alcoholic that I still had a lot of problems regarding alcohol, even when I wasn't drinking, right? My relationship with alcohol was weird, but I sure in the heck, I will tell you, I've changed my position on this, Jennifer, because I sure I wish I would have had this in my teens or early 20s because I would have identified that I was one of those people who was an alcoholic way earlier on, right? Way earlier on, and it would have caused me a lot mm -hmm. of heartache. So I, I really applaud this whole sober curious movement 
uh, trying it on. And if you have a hard time trying it on, then maybe you need other things, right? You need to work on other things um, that might help you in that pursuit. But exactly. when we come back, I, I want I want you to dive in because I know, Jennifer, you work with people who are sober curious that want to kind of try on the sober free lifestyle of not drinking. Um, they want to try it on. And I want you to go over mm -hmm. the process that you use to get people from maybe casual or heavy drinkers into somebody who's not drinking at all. So when we come back, uh, we're going to address that. Jennifer's going to jump into it. We'll be right back after this quick break. Attention all those seeking recovery. Are you looking for a supportive, welcoming place to share your experiences and find strength in your journey? Look no further than Recovered Life's recovery check-in meetings. With several meetings held throughout the week, you can choose the one that's right for you. Moderated by top recovery coaches, these meetings are open to all avenues of addiction recovery and offer a powerful opportunity for personal growth through connection with others. RSVP now by visiting recoveredlife.us and clicking on Find Your Group. Don't miss this chance to be seen and heard. Join us at Recovery Check-In and take the next step in your recovery journey. See you there. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. And I'm back with Jennifer Salzman. We are talking about exploring the sober, curious movement. Jennifer, before the break, I was talking with you about how do you do it? If somebody's out there and they're thinking, you know, man, I'm just, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not like, it, it's, you know, but this just doesn't work for me anymore. It's just, I'm waking up, not feeling good. Um, mm -hmm. It's just too many beers at the game, too much wine at the event, right? How do you transition into that mm -hmm. whole sober lifestyle? Yeah. So I think the first question you have to ask yourself is what's your why? I mean, what role do you want alcohol to play in your life? And what are you using it for? Um, so I work with people and we sit down and we just kind of make a list of like all the reasons we think we like to drink and all the reasons we don't want to drink. And I really work with people to, to understand their unique history, you know, help set them up for success and help them build their own personalized roadmap to determine, you know, what role they want alcohol to play in their life. Because it's really not black and white. I mean, drinking is on a wide spectrum. You know, it's do you are you a weekend binge drinker? Are you drinking every night, but just a little bit? I mean, do you drink every three months, but when you do, you go on a week long bender? I mean, it's very different for each person. So we can customize like an individual plan. And a lot of it has to do with sort of digging into your subconscious beliefs about, you know, what do you think alcohol actually does for you? And is that really true? So, you know, we meet weekly and we just discuss like your progress and a lot of people need accountability. I mean, 
for me initially, you know, I stopped drinking just sort of by myself with no support. I didn't tell anybody. And so I went along for a few months without alcohol in my system, but I still, I wasn't free from it. It, I wasn't putting the substance in my body, but I was thinking about it all the time. I was hyper aware of other people drinking around me. And I realized that I needed community. I needed some sort of connection, some sort of support to release some of the shame that I carried about, you know, my over drinking for so many years. And I think a lot of it is, you know, people, people keep this secret, you know, and just being able to share it with somebody else who gets it is so important in order to move forward and remove, you know, the substance from your life. You know, one of the things that we were talking about was this whole cultural thing. You know, it's weird, you know, as somebody who identifies as an alcoholic, Jennifer, I saw my family go through this uh, because my family was very uh, impacted by addiction, right? We had addiction in our family. And so um, mm -hmm. it was interesting when I got sober and said, hey, I'm an alcoholic, I can't drink anymore, right? We had, the family I noticed started to kind of change certain events around me. I just, I noticed that it was a very nice thing. They were trying to, you know, make sure that I was comfortable and lighten up on the alcohol. And, you know, although we had members of our family that certainly I would not think of as alcoholic, they were not alcoholic, they were not even necessarily, they were at the most casual drinkers, right? we realized our whole family sometimes generated around these cocktails. Right. And it was crazy. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, in, in our time, it, it kind of took an alcoholic to kind of interject it there to say how crazy it was that we were designing our life around drinking events and half the, you know, half the people were alcoholics and half the people didn't even like it to begin with. Right. Um, and it's just absolutely insane when you mm -hmm. step back from that, look about how much control that has on our psyche and how we just design things around that alcohol. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you have to learn new ways of coping, right? With stress and, and new ways of socializing and, you know, it, your relationships may change. I realized that a lot of people that I thought were my friends <laughs> were drinking buddies and nothing more. And you just sort of have to accept that and move on because you don't want anything to get in the way of your sobriety. I mean, once you've committed to this lifestyle, you don't want to let anybody stand in your way. So your relationships do change. And I think that people that do care about you and do support you, Two things that I've noticed. One, they begin to change their own habits. They might not remove alcohol completely, but at least around me, they drink a lot less than they used to. And they're a lot more, um, I guess, empathetic and, you know, making sure that I have my beverage that I want and um, that there's an option for me. So I think, you know, that's the other thing. Being loud and proud about your alcohol-free status, I think really has an impact on other people and it takes the shame away. You know, I, I, I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me because I developed an addiction to an addictive substance over 30 years of using it. Um, admitting that I had a problem was the first step towards freedom. And now, I mean, I talk about alcohol only because I'm a coach and I help others, but like, 
alcohol doesn't even enter my mind when I go out or to a restaurant. I mean, it's just not even, it's not in my toolbox anymore. So, well, I think the whole sober curious movement is, is, is great because, you know, again, like I've really changed my, my perspective on it because, you know, I think it really does. It, it puts the, it, it puts the brakes on something that could become an addictive thing. It just brings awareness that you don't have to drink to live your life, that you can unwind from that. And I think what the other thing it does is it takes people who are alcoholics, right? And it, and it, and it creates an ability for them to be able to say, Hey, maybe it's, you know, maybe I need more than this. Right. So I just think it's a win-win uh, for, for anyone to do it. And definitely health-wise too, for people just to bring awareness to where this at, where, you know, where people are at, that they could live an alcohol free life, whether or not they, you know, decide that they're an alcoholic or not. Jennifer, Final thoughts on this sober curious movement. Anybody who's sitting there, alcohol doesn't work for them. What would be your final thoughts to them about uh, trying this out, trying out a sober free life? You have nothing to lose. I mean, alcohol will always be there for you if you want to continue drinking. But if you're questioning your relationship with alcohol, if you've ever had a moment of thought where you're like, you know, I don't think this is serving me the way it should be. There's no reason not to take a break. I mean, alcohol is a toxic substance. Alcohol, we don't need alcohol to have a full life. There is life after alcohol. And not only is there life, but it's just so much better. And if I had only, you know, admitted this years ago, you know, I think of all the time I wasted being wasted. And you don't need to. I mean, you can you can have a very happy, fun, fulfilling life without alcohol in it. Great thoughts from Jennifer Salzman, uh, recovery coach on the Recovered Life Network. Go ahead and check her out. We're going to put links uh, to where you can reach her and set up that conversation if you're living, if you're looking to live that sober, free lifestyle. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life. Recovered Life is a peer support network with direct access to top recovery coaches, content, community, and quality peer support meetings that can be accessed virtually. Whether you're pursuing a 12-step program, not involved in 12 steps, spiritual, agnostic, atheist, or just trying to figure it out, you're welcome here. Sign up today and access unlimited group meetings for only $19.99 a month. And because we know you'll love it, we're offering you your first 30 days for free. Don't wait. Visit recoveredlife.us and become a member today.